0: You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose
1: on Sportsnet
2: 960, The Fan.
1: Welcome back to the show. Hour number two, The Big Show, Russick and Rose. George will be back tomorrow. Peter Klein is in today. Patty Dumas is here. GVP is here. We're live in the Douglasy Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We installed custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Flames win yesterday. They beat the Ottawa Senators by a 6-3 to score. As we just heard in the morning report, it was a very busy night in the NHL. Also in Alberta, had the Edmonton Oilers, well, not in Alberta, down in Chicago, but featuring an Alberta team, you had the Oilers beat the Blackhawks by a 2-1 to score. Talk about that and the rest of the tea around the NHL. Luke Gazdick, NHL and Sportsnet analyst, former NHLer, host of the MidSoft podcast. He joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. What's up, Luke? How's it going, man?
3: Oh, guys, I'm good. How are you doing
1: this morning? We're doing pretty good. No complaints. A big win for the Flames yesterday. Come from behind. Beat the... uh, they win yesterday, they beat the Senators, they score four in the third. It's great to see. Michael Backlund skates nine hundred and forty-nine. his 949th game. He ties Mark Giordano for second all-time. Maybe just a thought on Backlund and the career that he's put together. Uh, a tidy little performance yesterday as well as he ties Mark Giordano.
3: Yeah, the ultimate professional, guys. I, uh, You know, some people do forget this, but I did sign with Calgary for... A brief amount of time. Uh, spent a couple of weeks before training camp there, and got to go through the process of training camp before being sent to Stockton for the year. And um, what impressed me with him was just his professionalism. I didn't know him before going into that situation, um, but was you know extremely polite, and he was like a lot of the other Swedish players that I played with, um, generally a little more quiet, but you get a very consistent attitude from day to day. And I think that's why he got named captain and is such a great captain because with a lot of guys, you'll see attitudes go up and down depending on how the season's going and whether you lost last night or you went or you won um, guys can kind of carry different baggage with them throughout the year. But with back, it was kind of like the same guy every day and just really nice and professional and, um, extremely well-prepared um, nothing but good things to say about him and on the ice you know played against him for years definitely an absolute competitor great penalty killer great in the face-off circle um, you know it's it's um, it's not a it's not a fluke him playing 949 games in the NHL
1: No, that's a pretty big milestone he'll set the the he'll he'll become second sole holder on Thursday when they visit the mullet and the coyotes also in the game, you have Nazem Kadri hitting 600 points. What do milestones like that do for the rest of the team?
3: Uh, generally, it's pretty good vibes because there's got to be some sort of monetary thing involved for the other guys. I, I think, you know, maybe a team dinner on the board or something like that, uh, but whether it's a gift or something. I, I'm not sure uh, what the guys are like these days, but, um, you know, I was treated very well by some teammates who went through some milestones, and in that case too, whether it was you know a game game uh, milestones or, or personal achievements uh it's just honestly it's really cool to see uh I, I think it's incredible like my whole time in the NHL I was in awe of players that were you know accomplishing those things I I think it's pretty incredible if you step back and look at the the body of work of a guy like Nazem Kadri, and you realize how long he's been in the league and how and how proficient he's been uh, in the league. And it's it was just really cool for me to see as a teammate when guys hit those, it was like, wow, like you kind of have to step back and, and tip your cap a little bit. One
0: of the, the cool things about Kadri this year is he's playing on a line with a, a couple of rookies who with Connor Zari and uh, Martin Pospisil. And it seems like that that influence is starting to, to rub off. You're starting to see Zari do those little things that Kadri does really well. How important is it to have the, the young kids around veterans like Kadri?
3: Yeah, I think it keeps everybody young, man. Uh, they've been great together. I think it's a pair in the in the uh, top group of forwards there that really hasn't been separated for a long time. And that's what I've liked a lot about Terry is his attention to detail. He um, stops on pucks. Even that first goal, like stops on puck. And you know a kid's confident when he's looking off the veteran. He probably could have made a dish over a cadre. <laughs> Uh, but decides to take the shot, and to be honest, I love that. I, I think guys need to shoot the puck more. You, I'm I am generally one of those hockey fans too that's yelling shoot at the TV when a guy is uh, in the honey hole there in the slot, and um, you just you know a guy's feeling it when he goes far side uh, far side cheese, uh, and he has the ability to maybe dish over to a veteran. But he's been great, brings a lot of energy and juice to the team, and um, you can see guys kind of. They jump on players' backs when when guys are feeling it and playing well, and you know, creating some energy for the team. Whether it's physically, like Pospisil does, or it's more offensively, like like Zeri does, it, it's got to be nice for a guy like Naz to be in the middle of that and um, just you know, getting some vibrant uh, energy from the kids.
0: With Pospisil last night, he laid a beauty of a hit on Brady Kachuk, and it would have been perfect if Brady had actually had the puck. Uh, but it ends up being a, an interference penalty. Um, how like th- that, that line feels like you'd be a difficult thing to walk, because on the one hand, you don't want to pull the kid back and lose what makes him good. On the other hand, I would like to not have to kill penalties all the time. Uh, h- how difficult is that line to walk?
3: Oh, you know what, man? I, I did that a lot. Um, and even I remember coaches coming up to me before the third period and cause I love to hit, right. I love to finish my checks and uh, honestly, probably too much. Like there were times where I should probably go stick on puck here and try to come out with a puck, but there were some guys in the league that I just wanted to put through the glass and, uh, I mean, coaches would walk up before the third period, tap me and give me a little, you know, in the ear, say, Hey, careful on the hits this period. We don't, we can't be going down. Um, So you always want players to like, kind of walk that line, but try not to go over it. But honestly, I will rarely, rarely fault a guy for being physical, especially if he's taking runs at their captain guy like Brady Kachuk, that's going to give you some energy on your bench. I, I love seeing young kids just absolutely, you know, send it in the neutral zone like that, and and really play uh, with a little edge. I think more times than not, uh, it's better for the team than it is a negative. Uh, I, I if I was on the team and I was killing penalties, and the experience that I've had, especially with really good penalty killers, I didn't get to kill that much in the National Hockey League, unfortunately. But guys will kill that off. You know, I I I, I think it's different if it's a really close game, but the penalty killers won't mind killing a. A good, hard penalty rather than an offensive zone hook or a trip. Any sort of obstruction in the offensive zone with possession drives players and coaches nuts. But guys playing physical and playing hard, PK jumps over the boards and says, don't worry, Posh, we got this
0: one. You said in there that there were some guys that you just wanted to hit. Can we name some names? Who who were some of the who were some of the hittable players that you played against?
3: Oh, man, put me on the spot. Let me think <laughs> about this. Um, like
1: one that we always think of here is Robin Regeer on Alex Hemsky. That was yeah. just a oh, partnership made in heaven whenever the Oilers and Flames
3: would play. Okay, I'm going to give you a name. It's not a huge household name. Sure. But there was a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild named Nate Prosser. Yep. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. This guy, right-handed shot defenseman. I played against him. He was in Houston when I was in Texas. We played that team 12 times a year. This guy drove me nuts. He <laughs> drove me absolutely bonkers. like loved to chirp. Um, just I knew he would never fight. like mm. I knew he would never drop the gloves, but what he would do is turn around and fight someone lesser than me every now and then and mm. kind of laugh at me in the face. So every time I had a chance to put a licking on him, I was there was no puck on the ice. I was just going (laughs) through the glass.
1: I love that. Um, Hey, I wanted to ask you about Dylan Dubé, uh, a guy that I know you've had some run-ins with as well. Healthy scratched yesterday, first time since, I believe, spring of 2021 that he has been scratched. Uh, Maybe just a thought on the season he's had and and what you'd expect to see from him coming out of this.
3: Yeah, and I read Huska's quotes, too, kind of gives him a little bit of a reset. Listen, it's been a tough year for a man. I think he's got three goals under 10 points. And for a guy that maybe he's not going to be an offensive juggernaut, but he's, he's still got to produce. It's a, it's a it's a results-driven league these days. No matter what line you're playing on, you know, hasn't scored in, in a while. I, I feel for him because he's a really good kid and he works his tail off. I just think he's not working as smart as he could in games. Um He's just—he's got to be a factor every night, and I think there's just too many nights with Dylan where you don't—you get to the end of the game and and you you barely you barely notice him. And I just think for a guy like that, that kind of has to make his mark in some way. I I do think he's struggling a bit too with like a bit of an identity crisis in the NHL, where he was a huge you know a, a offensive guy coming out of junior and then you get to pro and you get to the nhl and your role changes and that's not easy for guys you know going from first line and first pp to playing on the fourth line with no special teams like i watched andrew Mangipani, i think i've talked to you about this before but i i watched manj really struggle with that when i that year when i was in stockton and they call him up and play him seven minutes on the on the fourth line. And then he'd come down back down to Stockton and play 24 minutes. He'd be first PK, first PP, first line. Um, and so I, I've seen a lot of guys struggle with that identity crisis. And to be honest, I, I get a little bit of that with, with Dubes, where um, he's, he's maybe trying, um, trying a bit too much and maybe trying to be a bit offensive. But right now his, his role is more of a grind, shut you down, depth forward. Uh, but I really hope he uh, kind of gets a chance to reset here and 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 starts to starts to figure it out. Cause I I loved him. He was awesome. Always has a smile on his face uh, and and works his uh works his tail off in, in practice.
1: Flames are going on a little trip to the desert, Arizona, and then Vegas. And they're bringing their dads. Did you ever get to take part in a dad or a mom trip? I know there was a mentor trip for another team this year. Did you ever get to take part in
3: one of those? I did. My last year in the NHL, which was in New Jersey. So in mm. um, in Edmonton, all three years, we didn't, they, they didn't do that. They had never done that. They do it now. But, uh, you know, unfortunately for me at the time, it's just something that they didn't organize. So yeah. I got to Jersey and I was actually in Albany and I'll never forget this. I was sleeping we had a really tough practice on a Monday. You can imagine. We didn't play till Friday, so you can imagine what the Sunday was like for me. Um, and so I wanted to have a nice nap, put my phone on airplane mode, and uh, literally woke up to 17 missed calls. Tom Fitzgerald, Ray Shero, all my teammates, and um, Ray, um, Ray screaming at me, "Where are you? We can't find you. Your flight's in three hours. Get to the <laughs> Albany airport." you're playing in Washington tomorrow night. Like your flight is in, I think it was an hour and a half now so pack your, you know, pack your stuff. So I'm like scrambling hair everywhere. I call a cab, um, end up getting to the airport. And finally, when I get there, Ray called me and said, by the way, give me your, all your dad's info right now. Um, you know email number whatever it is because they're on the dad's trip let's get your dad there as well so i thought that was so cool awesome they couldn't get him out there that night um i got there just in time like there was a huge dinner with uh the, the dads and the players and i got there just in time for that but my dad got in first flight out of toronto in the morning and kate got to come to morning skate um it, he got his own jersey and all that and <laughs> It, I think still to the day, if you ask my dad or he's talking to his buddies, it's like one of the coolest things that he's got to experience. I'll never forget him flying home with us. And we get these menus on our seat, right, for what the food is that day. And it was it was filet and lobster tail that oh, night. And wow. he looks at the thing and just starts shaking his head. He's like, what, what is this? Like, what a life. <laughs> Like, He's like, you just walk off the ice in a National Hockey League game playing on the tarmac to, to fillet and, and lobster tail. Not bad. Let's get some red wine going, too. Uh, it was, it was uh, really cool, man. I, um, I'm i always very fortunate and speak very well of the Devils organization and Ray Sherrill because uh, they made that happen.
1: That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, other thing I wanted to talk to you about the Flames are going through right now. They got three guys down on conditioning stints in the AHL. What's it like when you're an AHL player and some guys from the NHL get sent down for a conditioning stint?
3: I've done both, actually. So I've been in the American League, and I always thought it was really cool. The first bet that ever came down was Vernon Fiddler. We were in Austin, and they were in Dallas, and he came down. And it's always really cool because at least how how they were when I was young was they took us out for lunches, one day at the rink. Like, it was crazy in the American League to – to even get a meal after practice back then, like to even think about someone ordering a a tray of subway sandwiches for us after practice was like an insane thought. Um, you were pretty much just on your own. Uh, but those guys would come down and drive down in their escalades and, you know, (laughs) Uh... take everyone out for dinner, whatever it was, like do something special for the guys. And it was also just really cool having them around and like mixing it up in the dressing room and, you know, skating with them on the ice. I remember kids took us out for coffee like every day and we would, he just wanted to sit there and hang out. Um, so I made sure when I was in Edmonton, I got sent down to Oklahoma city for two weeks. I was just coming fresh off a shoulder surgery that, uh, you know, bled into the year about a month and a half or something like that. So when I went down there, I did the same thing. I made sure, you know, I picked a day, and bought the whole team lunch and all the trainers and everything like that. And, um, it's cool. Like, I've seen both sides of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's generally a pretty, like, cool experience because there's not, like, too much pressure on you. You're kind of just, you know, getting your legs back. And they don't, I don't want to say they don't care about how you play or how you look. But really, it's just about getting some game minutes and action back in. So, uh, it's always, it, it was always cool for me, at least when I was young, to have those guys come down
0: Uh, Elsewhere in the NHL, the Oilers uh, win their eighth in a row last night. Not a work of art against the the Chicago Blackhawks, but uh, a win's a win nonetheless. Um, Things have turned around for Edmonton. They've worked their way into a playoff spot. What have you seen from the Oilers that's got them back on this roll now?
3: Yeah, eight in a row. Uh, Certainly last night was not the prettiest of nights. There were three shots in the third period and 15 total. This is what this Hawks team will do to you. I, I think I mean, you guys saw firsthand on Sunday with with Calgary's loss and regulation to them they just they have this tendency to make you play down to their level and it's tough playing teams like that I I swear it is a lot tougher the hockey style completely changes um it's just a bunch of guys running and gunning and they're just they're doing just enough to hang around and that's why you could you got to bury them like first two periods really got to capitalize on the opportunities and um, just can't let him hang around. But um, in terms of the Oilers, I mean McDavid first and foremost. Uh, you watch this team, and he's back to what he's he's doing. He is the guy we, he we thought he was. I mean, I debated earlier in the season: is he hurt? Is he just is he slumping? Have teams figured him out? But I think it's pretty clear now that he was dealing with something. He's back to being his dominating self. Um, Knobloch's done a great job. He he really splits the, the ice time through the lineup now. I, I think that's a, a huge part compared to Woodcroft, is that Woody really leaned on Leon and Connor in, in high leverage situations, um, putting them together and out on the ice all the time. The decor's been uh, fantastic. I think the job that Paul Coffey and Mark Stewart's done back there, uh, they look a lot steadier, a little more confident with the puck, and Stewart Skinner. He's up to above 900 save percentage now for the first time this year, and uh, he, he's playing some really good hockey too. He looks really steady in there. So between the goaltending, shoring up some defensemen, and um, getting your production back from your top guys, um, it's certainly turned around for them. They're still flawed. I, I, they're, they're not perfect. I think they, they, need, uh, they need a couple moves. They need a little bit of help, but they certainly look better than they did earlier in the year.
1: I wanted to ask you about the cutter Goche jamie drysdale trade as well and just everything that has kind of surrounded this as noise coming out of Philadelphia. Cutter-Gauthier refusing to talk to the team when he was at college, when he was at the World Juniors. Uh, What has been just kind of your, I guess your take, your thoughts on how everything has gone down with Goche and Drysdale in this
3: swap? yeah it's been weird I love how you guys asked me this because you know I'm just going to give you a no holds bar unfiltered answer that's why we bring um, you on <laughs> honestly it's it's just a weird situation for me but it's just I don't know I saw this at the back half of my career at the end especially the last year with younger players coming into the league and just the way they think and their attitudes and uh, t- the way they talk you know back to coaches and, and teammates I This situation just screams entitlement to me. Uh, And in this situation, I really, truly try not to blame the player. This is a a young kid at the end of the day, and I'm sure, like, you go back to his draft interviews and stuff like that after, and I'm sure he would love to play in the NHL wherever it was. Like, Philly is a great spot. I know their fans are insane, but I try not to blame the player because I think in situations like this, they're heavily influenced by the team of people in their corner, whether it's their PR person, their agent, their advisor, whatever you want to call them. Sometimes the dad, the parents, I just, it's shocking and so very surprising to me that a kid would just say, there's absolutely no way I'm going to play there. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit or maybe I'm being naive, but I just think this, this seems like he's being influenced in in one direction or another but to be honest the stuff coming out about him ghosting the flyers at world juniors and him not wanting to talk to vets like patrick sharp and mark recce john leclerc and not even answering calls like that's about as cowardly as it gets for me uh i just life's hard man you have to have some hard conversations sometimes with people and the fact that you just can't pick up the phone and be honest about your thoughts and your feelings, and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. This is why it's not going to work. Um, but you know, thanks for everything, whatever it is. Like that's a hard conversation to make, but it's just it, it screams cowardice to me. I think one thing people are missing is that Philly's getting a really good player, yep. Jamie Drysdale, another Erie Otter, uh, my alma mater, and mm. I, I think when I originally first saw the deal, I. I was just about to drop Torch's line. I didn't know Cutter Goche from a hole in the wall either, but (laughs) uh, I thought it was a slam dunk for Philly. You get Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, he's been hurt. This kid's sick. And you get a second rounder with that too. Cutter hasn't played a game in the National Hockey League. Might end up being a good pro, but I love getting what you and knowing what you have right now in the NHL. And it's just a weird situation all around. It's been pretty fun actually to follow all the drama in the NHL.
1: It's been a fun year for drama, that's for sure. Um, you kind of touched on it there, too. But of all the fan bases to do this, too, like, I don't know if they're going to forget.
3: But, yeah, the fan base that threw batteries at whoever that was, <laughs> drew. The fan base that in 2014, after I fought Jay Rose Hill, I got a beer thrown at my head at Wells Fargo. I, li- I remember turning around. And I looked up, and I said, guys, I was like, this isn't 1985. <laughs> like, this is t- 2014, and I'm getting a beer thrown at me. Um, I just, <laughs> Philly fans are a different breed and a different animal, and I know Anahe- if he signs with Anaheim, he only has to go there once a year, but feel bad for the poor kid because that one game a year, he's going to need a police escort in and out of that arena.
1: Always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, thank you for stopping by. We've kept you a little long today, but definitely appreciate it. Uh, what's the latest at Mitsoff?
3: Man, we—I um, don't want to say a little hiatus, but we just have a couple really cool things in the works, so we're mm-hmm. putting a little extra time in. Uh, we have a really cool uh, sit-down one with—we're uh, going in a bit, bit of a di- different direction with a musical guest. Oh. Um, but um, going back to the New Year's one, I'll, I'll uh, refresh your memory and say if anyone hasn't listened to the interview with Brady Leibold, who was a went from NHL camp in Tampa to basically homeless and uh, in jail in the span of two years. It's a incredible story of redemption. And I'm even looking for a little New Year's kick, um, Brady now uh, runs Muskoka Skills Hockey here in Ontario and travels the country talking to junior players and stuff like that incredible dude uh a little heavier but if you're looking for a little bit of a, a positive vibe uh, going into the new year feel free to check that one out
1: love it luke thanks for the time brother
3: anytime guys
1: there you go luke gazdick former NHLer, the host of Off podcast uh although i do recommend that you watch it on youtube The podcast is good, but Mm -hmm. there's a visual component to it as well. And of course, uh, you see him on NHL broadcasts uh, based out of Ontario, but does all sorts of stuff, sits on the desk, does some local broadcasts as well. And uh, we always appreciate when he stops by. Yeah, really cool to get to chat with him and uh, certainly doesn't hold back
0: on a number of different things, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, brought to you by the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. He joined us down the guest hotline. By the way, our one of the big show is live wherever you get your podcast, Apple Spotify, or Google, you name it, it's up there for you. Uh, Around the corner, we have a guest coming into studio to hang out with us. His name is Ron Smith. He is the manager of fund development for In From The Cold. It's Alberta's largest homeless shelter organization. They have an event coming up on January 28th called The Great Skate. We're going to get all the details on that. Uh, It gets some support from the Calgary Flames Foundation. This is a family event. It's open to anyone that is 12 and over as well. Um, It involves skating. Skates and a helmet. It's all you need. We'll give you all the details and how this helps in from the cold around the corner. Also, coming up at 8 o'clock, Brent Cron is going to join us, our big show Flames analyst and Calgary sports legend. We will talk about yesterday's game. He has some thoughts on torts. He has some thoughts on Don Maloney's comments from Sunday's broadcast against the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll get into all of that with Croner just after 8 o'clock as well. Uh, But Ron Smith, the manager of fund development from In From the Cold, joins us next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the show. This is the big show. George Rusick is away, but he will be back tomorrow and Friday. And then he'll probably need Monday off. I assume. If you're free, Pete. Yeah. Don't got a lot going on. Peter. Cl- <laughs> Peter Klein's hanging out today. Patty Dumas is here. He's got his Packers too on. He's getting ready for the playoffs. Ross Tucker's going to join us tomorrow. Break down the NFL weekend. That is going to be GVPs here as well. Full of milk. Oh, yeah. He's full of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just all calciumed up. Right now, uh, joining us uh, also Brent Kron coming up at eight o'clock. A lot right. to get to with Cron, the Cobra. I was waiting no. for the sounder there. No, it's fine. <laughs> there yeah, there. Yeah. it is. Maybe too so full. Of our, so yeah. Uh, um, we'll talk about yesterday's game. We'll talk about a couple other things that Cron wanted to get to as well. But right now, Ron Smith, the manager of Fun Development for in, from In From the Cold, joins us here in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Hello, Ron. Thanks for taking some time today.
2: Hey, thanks for bringing me on to the big show. Super excited to be here and, yeah, oh. very excited.
1: Uh, I don't have control of it here, sorry. Let's just... There okay. we go. Let's what try this, mic. Nice, well-oiled <laughs> machine here. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep, is there... Hi Ron, how's it going? I'm <laughs> good, how are you? You we're doing very well. Uh awesome. thank you for coming in today. Thank you for stopping by. Manager of Fund Development from in for the in from the cold. Yes. Uh this weekend or pardon me, not this weekend, this month, January 28th is the great skate at Olympic Oval. Uh this is open to anyone 12 plus. Can you just tell us what this is? What is going on at the Olympic Oval on January the 28th?
2: Absolutely. Be happy to. So this is a, a brand new event that is being hosted by the Inn here in Calgary. Uh, essentially, it's like a skate-a-thon, mm-hmm. but with a team focus. So the idea is, you know, get your buddies together, get your co together, friends, families, whoever, uh, come up with a team, mm-hmm. typically five to ten people. Okay. And um, come out and skate for a good cause, which is in from the cold. And uh, we're super excited about this event. The Olympic Oval is, you know, an unbelievable facility. It's happening there for the entire day. Folks can come and skate for basically as little or as long as they want. Hmm. So if you haven't been on the skates in a couple of years like me, you might want to skate for 20 minutes and have a break. But if uh, if you're in it every day or every week and uh, you can go hard, then you can skate even up to eight hours if you want Uh, again, all while raising money for In From The Cold.
1: Now, uh, I'm seeing here that each team with their team captain will receive, at the event, a numbered armband and a buddy skater armband for their team, along with a chip transponder. So you guys are tracking everything to the centimeter type of deal here.
2: This is the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. So what we wanted to do, well, a couple of things. First of all, we want to make it fun. Yeah. So we thought, okay, Even though it's a relay, uh, not everybody will want to be on the ice by themselves for that entire time. So ideally, one person per team on the ice at a time. But then we thought, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could kind of come up with some sort of a buddy system Mm -hmm. so that people, two people at least, could be on the ice from the same team at the same time. So that's what we've done. And then what we found in skating and, you know, this, uh, you know, from, we were just chatting earlier, we're all, we're all involved with hockey to some level. Yep. There is that kind of competitiveness that comes with this sport. <laughs> so rather than just, you know, skating in circles for eight hours and saying job well done, uh, we thought, Hey, wouldn't it be fun if we actually incorporated some chip timing technology, which is something that, uh, that happens, you know, a lot at the oval, obviously, and, uh, we'll count laps and then eventually count kilometers So again, it's only for bragging rights because, you know, we're a charity. We're trying to make some money on this event. Uh, But at the end of the day, there will be bragging rights for those that have gone the farthest or the total amount of laps. Of course, most raised is always a big thing that, you know, we want to you know, encourage and promote. Yeah, yeah. bragging
1: uh, rights goes a long
2: totally way. Oh, yeah, 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 that's something worth fighting it's a, for. It's a it's, big it's, deal. It's yeah. so
0: funny how, like, you put a tracker on something, and all of a sudden, that competitive edge comes in. Like, yeah. You know, oh yeah, I spent the first twenty-five <laughs> years of my life not thinking for a second about how many steps I took in a day. Yeah, but then this thing <laughs> yeah. starts counting my steps, and I will be damned if I don't get to ten thousand. So, like, you put a tracker. That's on That's a good me, number. Good right? for yeah. you, Pete. Yeah. Well, it, it sometimes doesn't happen. Laziness does take over. But, yeah, well, at um, least you, you set a good number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I at least have good goals. But you, you put a tracker on. People for laps, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, now, now we got it. I can, I can get five more. I can get yeah. to a
1: nice round number here, so and that and that's going to be live in in the Oval. You're going to be yeah. able to watch that as it's all going down.
2: Absolutely, yeah, live in the Oval on smartphones and also on computers. Everything is linked. Again, it's it's pretty cool technology, <clears throat> and it basically gives everybody the opportunity to kind of keep track of what's going on.
1: So. This this is a bit of a marathon, hey? It the 10 a.m. till six o'clock on Sunday, January the 28th, you and if it. you really want to get these bragging rights secured then
2: you're probably going to
1: need to have people there for eight hours. You're going to want a big team and you're going to want to be rotating some guys in here. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, So true. Now with that said though, I'll mention that individuals can register as well. So if you don't want to put together a big team, but you want to maybe join somebody else's team for $50, that's what it would cost. Plus you got to do a bit of fundraising, but it's not a lot. Um, We would actually place you on a team and then you could join one of the existing teams you're still being tracked individually so if you're again somebody who wants to really you know see what what can I do today how many laps can I do um then that is an opportunity for you as well
1: now registration and how this raises money as well can you tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah sure so uh we we have two tracks essentially so i just talked about the individual registration so for $50 plus a $150 fundraising commitment so as an individual we'd have to talk to our friends and family and you know say hey i'm doing some laps uh, in the old days with skateathons i don't know if you remember but we used to say you know gimme you know, twenty-five cents a lap. And yeah, you know, yeah. we're you can still do that if you want, but we're probably thinking that some will just say, Look, I'll kick in twenty bucks.
1: My grandparents used to give me a loony every time I scored. There same deal. Go. Same idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and minor hockey. There so, you go. Uh, yeah. That one went right in my pocket. This is for a better this cause. Is it's a little yeah. different. But a little yeah. different.
2: But the same idea. So the money that again that the individuals bring in, that all goes towards in from the cold and the, and it can be more than $150, but that's uh, that's kind of the minimum requirement. But then on the other side, and this is kind of where we're really focusing our time and attention, we're encouraging corporations in town, all sorts of different types, whether you're oil and gas or law firms, accounting firms, you know, small business. I think about uh, a restaurant. restaurant. Like if you have a restaurant totally.
1: staff that could yeah, light this thing up Absolutely. for
2: sure. So then what we do is we have basically a, a corporate team environment where they come in with at one price and then they don't have to do any fundraising. It's all kind of built in and they just get to use this as a team engagement opportunity. So- they can, you know, bring in their 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 staff. The staff can bring in their families. A lot of the things that we do with uh, with events that we run, sometimes we see that, you know, especially C-suite executives, yeah. you know, they're already working tons of hours and they don't have any time with their kids. So we thought, hey. If you're 12 age and up, or 12 years in age of up and over, you could bring your kids out and you could skate with your kids for an hour or two while you're raising money, while you're engaging with your with your team, so and with your employees.
1: Yeah, it's an event open to anyone that's 12 or over. You yeah. just need skates and a helmet. Everybody needs a helmet as well. Everybody does. Yeah.
2: That's the rules of the oval, and uh, yeah, we're wanting to obviously comply with those.
1: Awesome. Um, also wanted to... Uh, I wanted to actually uh, ask GVP. So GVP, our uh, technical producer in the other room there, mm-hmm. play the highest level of hockey out of anybody in this room. Uh, GVP, if you got four of your cherry-picking buddies from one of your teams, uh, how many laps could you guys do in eight hours at the Olympic Oval?
0: Oh, gosh. I-, I don't even really know how I could put a number on that. Like you said, I was much of a cherry-picker. I didn't really skate too much a lot of straight leg for you yeah Yeah. stick in the air hey i I need a stretch pass right now yeah so uh (laughs) little bursts
1: yeah exactly blue blue line red line i would
0: probably be you know bringing up the rear in that department I i don't think i was a terrible skater i just decided not to unless the puck was on my
1: stick yeah you're also more of like weights rather than cardio right
2: uh, these days, yes, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we can tell. We yeah. have names for guys like that, but oh, we're on the radio. So <laughs> oh, I guess oh okay, we <laughs> yeah, say we'll say that. That. yeah. We'll just avoid that. We'll just
1: skate on by that. I uh, should also
2: mention the the Olympic Oval is actually 400 meters, so it's a 400 meter track. So you do that a little over two times, and that's a kilometer. So this thing is massive. And when I was in there for the first time again, I hadn't been there for years, but was there a month ago or so, and I'm like, this thing is unbelievable. So. We're really excited because we think it's a, it's one of those facilities that again people can, you know, get excited about being in and uh, regardless of skating level, there's something for everybody.
1: I also love that it's a team event. Yeah. Like I think about like going to like a slow pitch tournament or like I did a snow pitch tournament last year and we had like our 10 friends there and we wow. all competed and we were kind of in and out and it's just a lot of fun to kind of have that camaraderie with one of the events. Also included, uh, there's a breakfast, there's a branded souvenir to go with the uh, fun and rewarding bonding experience with your friends and team as well. So this is all great. It is in support of In From The Cold, which is Alberta's largest homeless shelter organization. It is cold out there. This is a very important thing to have. Uh, Can you just tell us a little bit about when you started with In From the Cold? I know it's only been a year and a half for you, but this kind of goes back a long time for you as well here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for that. It was uh, definitely, as I mentioned earlier, I started as a volunteer 26 years ago, whenever the inn was first basically forming, and... uh, that model was different. We were doing things in community uh, centers and church basements, things like that, to bring people together. But over the years, the inn has just had an unbelievable trajectory of growth and uh, and service to the community. So, uh, 26 years later, now we just celebrated our 26th anniversary as the inn last fall. Um, we help 15, well, 1,400 plus families uh, on an annual basis. Uh, a vast majority of those are kids. So we always talk about children and their families that are experiencing homelessness, and that's really where we focus our time and attention. Um, there's a lot of great agencies in town that work with single folks, and, and they're very important, especially on days like today. Yes, uh, But at the end of the day, we're all about children and families. So we want to really support those folks going through this time of, of, uh, of uncertainty and to get them back to housing stability as quickly as possible.
1: His name is Ron Smith. He is the manager of fund development at In From the Cold, uh, an important organization for sure. Uh, one more thing on the skate you had mentioned, because we do have some listeners that actually aren't in town, believe it or not. Ah. Uh, this might be on the move.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Well, the organizers that have put this all together would ultimately like to make this a national event. So we're starting in Calgary. There's some talk about launching it next in Ottawa. Then maybe coming back to Alberta, Edmonton specifically has been mentioned. The Oval helps, Maybe eh? Winnipeg. Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's one area where we can totally uh, stand apart. Yeah. But but ultimately, uh, and I should mention this as well, the Calgary Flames Foundation actually came on board as our community sport partner. Awesome. So they were the first first ones in because they realized exactly how important an event like this is for building community and, and supporting families and sport. So what the organizers are kind of thinking as this thing grows is they may again connect with the local NHL team, make it into, you know, something a little bit bigger, maybe a fan fest that mm. would also include then a the the great skate component to it. Yeah, and, start... and make it something really fun for families that that either skate or don't skate, just bring it all together and bring the community to in one place. Especially as this is
1: the first time. You know, you start yeah. getting a little bit of history. You yeah. start getting an annual type of event. And all of a sudden, everyone wants to get involved. I think about the, the longest outdoor hockey game that goes every yeah. year, something like that. That had to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, the new facility you guys have for yeah. In From the Cold that actually just opened up a few blocks away from us. Yes. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about the Absol- process to get that set up? Because it's kind of cool what you guys did.
2: Yeah, and, and it is. It's totally. We took an abandoned office building and essentially converted it into 82 units of either affordable housing or shelter space, which is what we use it primarily for. Um, It was a collaboration between us and another uh, not-for-profit called HomeSpace, and uh, many, many people in the community came forward to help uh, fundraise for it. And uh, we moved in a, a year ago this last October. It has been a game changer for our families. Uh, we're able to offer them so much more in terms of services and supports and just the environment in which they live in. Yeah. More privacy, more dignity. And uh, we couldn't be happier. It's been a fantastic year. And we're looking forward to seeing what the future holds as well.
1: Yeah, it kind of gives people a little bit of a different opportunity to kind of turn things in a in a way that they, they're looking for, I guess. Yeah. Um, kind of more of a just a little bit of a technical question, but what's it like converting an office building into living space?
2: <laughs> well, you'd have to talk to the folks from PCL because yeah, they okay. the ones that, that manage it all. Uh, but it was actually incredible. They did it in a year. Awesome. Uh, and it, and the, the good part of it was because the building was already empty, uh, they were able to just go in there and rip and tear. Yeah. So, uh, you know, whenever I first walked into the building before it was completed, the first thing I thought of was how do you take like a single men's and women's bathroom per floor and turn this into... Ten apartment units with plumbing and electrical and all of that kind of thing, and they just they did some unbelievable work. And uh, again, PCL has been an, a phenomenal partner in this whole process. But it took vision and uh, it took uh, execution, and here we are. You know, it, and it took a lot a of, lot of work and a lot of time to make it happen. But uh, twelve plus months later, they were they were there, and uh, it all came.
1: Doors together. are open and everyone's
0: there. Yes. Yeah, I think I would be much more uh, help with the demolition part of it than the actual. Yeah, yeah if You yeah, need like us to I come can, in and rip some yeah, stuff out. I can, I can crash through a wall like put like <laughs> But yeah. figuring out like plumbing and stuff—that's yeah. that—that's that, for the experts. Yeah, we'll you call, call you that. next time.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah there we yeah, go. Yeah, we'll see how yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: got a little I, bit of a Kool Aid Man vibe to you. Oh yeah, no, I make a very good wrecking ball. Yeah, I I'm quite good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, is there anything that we missed touching on here before not, we let you go? Not really.
2: You guys have been fantastic. Uh, we appreciate the partnership with, uh, with Sportsnet as well because I should also mention, as you know, uh, Sportsnet 960 is also a sponsor, a media sponsor. We of are. Of this event. Yeah.
1: I've received emails about teams and getting people together for an actual skate. So I, I believe that we are well on our way to compete in the event.
2: Excellent. We'd love to have you guys there. We know that you would definitely make a difference. And, uh, for anybody else who wants to register again, they can go to the So no weird spelling, just the great skate. And uh, top right-hand side, there's a button that says register. So you can follow along. Uh, if there's any questions, of course, I'm always available to be reached. And, uh, would be happy to hear from any of your listeners that have questions about this event.
1: It's the Great Skate. It's January 28th from 10 a.m. to 6 o'clock at the Olympic Oval. It's open to anyone 12 and over. It supports In From the Cold. It's Alberta's largest homeless shelter organization. His name is Ron Smith. Thank you very much for coming in today. Really Thank you appreciate it. for having it. me. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Croner's going to be here very soon, breaking down yesterday's Flames and Senators game as Calgary got back in the win column yesterday. That is great to see. There's a couple of other things that he wanted to get to as well. We got a lot to get to with Croner. It's a Wednesday. The Cobra's getting in the front door here right now. Sports at 960, the fan.